Hey, this is Andy Lucas, pastor of Emmaus Road Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this message helps you grow in your walk with Christ. If you'd like to support this ministry, visit theroadfc.org and click the giving link. Well, I love that song. Thanks for listening to it with me. (laughs) I love that song because it's an invitation to hope. The song begins, Lost and Weary Traveler searching for the way to go. I don't know about you, but this year there have been times when I have felt a lot like that lost and weary traveler. And I don't mean that to sound trite or insincere. I'm I'm actually serious. This year I have felt the weight of what's going on in our world, perhaps maybe more than ever before in my life. I was utterly distraught over the marches in Charlottesville. I was deeply upset by the events in Texas, in a church, in Las Vegas, and others. I find myself frustrated over the deep political divides that we see evidenced all around us. And in all of it, I felt like a traveler making my way in the dark, not knowing exactly where to go or even how to get there. The point that I'm trying to make is that if you are anything like me, It seems that this has been a year of a lot of darkness in our world, which is why I love this passage from Isaiah chapter 9 and the words of the prophet. Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 2, says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For you have enlarged the nation, and you have increased their joy, and they rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, and as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the days of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, and the bar across of their shoulders, and the rod of their oppressor, and every warrior's boot used in paddle, and every garment rolled in blood, it will be destined for burning, and will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born." And to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. For he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and with righteousness from that time on and forever. And it is the zeal of the Lord Almighty that will accomplish this. This passage begins with a word of hope that I believe that we need to hear this Christmas. That the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. That those who lived in a land of deep, deep darkness, on them a light has shined. Now, clearly, the prophet is employing a metaphor here that it wasn't that the sun refused to shine in their area of the world, then all of a sudden it did, but rather it was that their lives were complicated and divided, and they faced hardships, division, oppression, and it felt like life was dark. And when you are lost and in the dark, there is nothing more welcome than a light that can show the way. And indeed, that's what light does, isn't it? It illuminates a new way. It shows a new path. That light allows you to see things that you didn't see before. Light allows you to see the true nature of your assumptions and your preconceived 
notions. And so the prophet says that there is a light who has come who will illuminate a new way. And I believe that's good news for us and that's good news for our world. But specifically what the prophet says is that the light will bring joy, he will end depression, he will bring peace, and he will uphold his kingdom with justice and righteousness forever. In fact, I would argue that you'll never realize how good, how good this news is until you have walked in darkness. But there's an interesting thing going on in this passage. Much of what Isaiah writes here is in the past tense, but for Isaiah, the prophet who was living before the life of Christ, it is odd that he would say all of these things in the past tense, isn't it? Now, there is some scholarship that says that Isaiah might have actually been talking about King Hezekiah. That's right. Hezekiah took the throne, and there was a lot of hope that was wrapped up in him, that he would be the one who would finally accomplish what no king before him was able to accomplish, that he would be the king who could bring everlasting joy and peace to the nations. And in fact, Hezekiah was a good king. But the good that he brought to the kingdom did not last forever. And the kingdom that he upheld was governed by violence and battles, just like every other kingdom before and since. It wasn't governed with justice and with righteousness. It was governed by the sword. Which is precisely why New Testament authors universally apply Isaiah's vision of the light dawning in the darkness to the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is, in fact, the the light of which the prophet speaks, for he is the only one capable of establishing a kingdom on the shoulders of justice and righteousness. He is the only one capable of being the true prince of peace. And in case you were wondering, there's plenty of evidence as well that Isaiah did have a future king in mind as he wrote these words. And so I must confess to you on this Christmas Eve that as much as I have felt the darkness this year, I have also felt tremendous hope. I have felt hope because of the sheer beauty of this story that we tell every Christmas Eve. I said this morning that as pastors, we, there's a real temptation for us because we kind of have to share this message every year. There's a real temptation for us to try to make it cute and get really creative. <laughs> but I'm just drawn every year to just tell the old, old story again of a God who saw fit to put on flesh and dwell among his people. For what greater love is there than that? What greater rescue mission is there than a God who would be willing to join his people in their plight in order to rescue them? And so in the midst of all the darkness, as I myself have felt like a lost and lonely traveler, not knowing where exactly to go or how to get there, I have also had within me rise up this tremendous hope. Because I'm drawn to this story. My heart is absolutely captured by the God who would become one of us, who would enter the world without fanfare, but enter the world humbly in a nowhere town and be born in a stable. I can't help but be swayed by the announcement of a kingdom that is established through self-sacrificial love instead of the killing of enemies. 
I can't help but be swayed by the announcement of a kingdom that is open to all who will come by faith rather than defended. I can't help but be swayed by the announcement of a kingdom that is defined by love instead of indifference or hate. I suppose you could say it this way, I have been marred by the marred Savior. And the reality is, is that the community of God, the the kingdom people, in the moments when I have been hurting in my life, it's been the kingdom community that have come and loved me and cared for me, prayed for me, supported me, and extended grace to me when I so desperately needed it. You see, this Christmas I'm drawn in by the hope of restoration, redemption, and all things made new by the power of resurrection. And so my encouragement to you this Christmas is actually quite short and to the point, but it is this. It is to place your hope in the light who has come and who has established a kingdom that is far different from any other kingdom that has ever been or ever will be. There's a lot of debate about how can we know that it is the kingdom of Christ that will last forever. And for me, the answer is this, that it is inaugurated and established on totally different terms than any other kingdom or nation in the world and in all of history. It is a kingdom governed by self-sacrificial love, love of enemies, love of those who are different and other than us. And that is so far different than anything the world has ever seen that I can't help but think this is, in fact, the kingdom that will last forever. And so in the midst of darkness, (laughs) tonight we've come to celebrate the light, the dawning of light. We do it through the lighting of candles and the singing of songs, the proclamation of the word, and in a few moments, we're gonna see that light spread throughout the sanctuary as we sing Silent Night. A beautiful moment at the close of all of our Christmas Eve services over the last several years, but a perfect embodiment of the hope of the light of Christ. And so, this Christmas, no matter how dark it feels, I hear the words, and I invite you to join with me in hearing the words of Isaiah with a brand new confidence that the darkness won't last forever because on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has shined. A child has been born to us and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so I say to all of you this evening, May you find a light. And may you see that that light is Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's say a word of prayer and then I'll give us instructions for our final song. God, we have come this evening to celebrate the light. But the light is not just a generic thing. The light is not just uh, this impersonal force in the world. Rather, today, God, we gather this evening to proclaim the reality that you are the light. 
that pierces the darkness. On a broad scale, Lord, we recognize that your light, that you pierce the darkness of our world, but we also confess and recognize, God, today that you pierce the darkness in our very own lives. And so, Lord, in moments when we may be tempted to lose hope, in moments when we may be tempted to allow the darkness to overcome us, in the moments, God, when we feel like a lost and weary traveler, we pray that we would see how you are the light and the light has dawned in us and in the world. So, God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In a moment, the band is going to sing and lead us in a, in a silent night. And so I'll invite all of you to stand at this time. And once they start playing, I'm going to light. Uh, does any, if anyone does not have a candle, Amy has candles in the back. So we want to make sure that everyone has a candle and is prepared for this, this moment. But the light that we spread around the sanctuary is originated with the light from the Christ candle. And we do that as a, as a way of symbolizing that Christ is, in fact, the light of the world and the light of our lives. And it is our joy, it is our responsibility, it is our privilege as we, the people of faith, recognize the light of Christ then to share that light with those around us. And so we illustrate that and we embody that here this evening. So let's sing this beautiful song as we spread the light of Christ around the room.